are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Monday show for you. We're going to spend a lot of time going over these NBA playoffs since I last spoke to you. Also, I'm going to talk a little bit about the NHL playoffs and some gambling-related notes in the NFL as five players get suspended for gambling on football. Probably shouldn't do that. We'll get to that momentarily. All right, let's start yesterday with the best series that's going on in the NBA playoffs, and that's obviously the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Golden State dodges a bullet as Harrison Barnes misses a three at the buzzer. Golden State holds serve, meaning they won their two home games which is what they were supposed to do, and now this has become a three-game series with Game 5 back in Sacramento on Wednesday. Now, what this comes down to is this. Assuming Golden State wins Game 6 on their home court and they've only lost two of their last 20 playoff games at home, can Golden State win a game on the road? They've done it for 27 consecutive series in the playoffs where they've won at least one road game. So while if you're a Sacramento fan, you're probably disappointed that you lost yesterday's game, it doesn't matter because you have the home court advantage. You take care of business at home, you win the series. And you know what they always say, the series doesn't start until the home team loses a game. So technically the series hasn't started yet because everything's played to form. Yes, we had two close games in Sacramento. Yesterday's game was close. There's only been one blowout, and that was, what, Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night's game in Golden State when they won by 17. Every other game's been close. Could have gone either way. Golden State could be up 3-1 right now. They could be up, but it's 2-2. And also, Sacramento could be up 3-1 right now. The only game that wasn't in question was Thursday night's game. So... Yesterday kind of was surprising at the end because this, as great as Steph Curry has been in his career, as great as he's been in the playoffs, as great as he's been in this series, if they lose yesterday's game and Harrison Barnes hits that three, I'm sorry, but the last minute of the game is all on Steph Curry. They're up 126-121 with 40 seconds left. They get a rebound off a missed shot, and Steph calls a timeout that Golden State did not have. So, technical foul, and they turn the ball over to Sacramento. Sacramento gets the ball. They make the free throw, 126-122, and then De'Aaron Fox hits a three to make it 126-125, and when he made the three-pointer, there was 27 and a half seconds left. So there was only three and a half seconds between the shot clock and the game clock when Golden State gets the ball back and they're up one. And that's kind of a... Most coaches wouldn't foul in that situation. They would say, let's play it, let's get the rebound, immediately call timeout, we get the ball at half court, we'll have between three and five seconds. Well, Steph, for whatever reason, shot the ball with 10 seconds left and missed, and Sacramento got the rebound, called timeout. So they had 10 seconds uh, to run a play. 
Now, they ended up missing, so it didn't end up hurting Golden State, but that's why I said, can you imagine? So not only did he call a timeout, Steph, with that they did not have, that basically turned the ball over and gave them four points, he took a shot with 10 seconds left when he didn't need to. They needed to milk that clock because you milk it down and even on a miss, the ball gets tipped, you could get an offensive rebound, whatever the case may be. But to shoot it with 10 seconds left, I, I don't I, I don't know. They escaped. It doesn't matter at this point. They escaped. It's 2-2. They did what they had to do at home, no matter how ugly yesterday's game was, where they blew a 10-point lead um, heading into the fourth quarter. But, I, you know, even, even four games into this series, I don't know who's going to win. You know, do I think Golden State can win a game on the road? Sure. They've done it in 27 consecutive playoff series. But they've been terrible on the road all year with their two losses in games one and two. They are 11-33 and 33 on the road. You don't just flip a switch and all of a sudden become good on the road. Granted, they had a chance to win both games one and two on the road. Game one, they lost. They missed a three-pointer at the buzzer that would have sent it into overtime. And game two... It was a one-point game with three minutes left. They ended up losing by, I think, seven or eight in game two. It's a one-point game with three minutes left. So, again, that's something that could go either way. But for Golden State to win this series, they have to win game five or game seven on the road. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So we'll see how that goes. Yesterday, the Knicks go up 3-1 on Cleveland. Cleveland's probably been the biggest disappointment in the playoffs thus far just because they were the higher seed, they were the better defensive team, but this team can't score. And New York is completely locking them down. I can't see the Knicks blowing a 3-1 lead in this, and it looks like the Knicks are going to play the Celtics in round... Wait, would they play the Celtics, or would they play Milwaukee? I say Milwaukee. They're down 2-1, and they might not have Giannis tonight, so I'm not even going to go there. Boston played exactly what you would expect on Friday. Was it Thursday or Friday? I can't remember what day it was, but up 2-0. They had blown out Atlanta twice. They go to Atlanta and basically just lay down, don't play any defense, and they lose a game. That That's why it was so difficult to be like, yeah. Boston seemed so easy that night to pick, and I was just like, you just never know. Team blows out a team twice at home. And then they have to go on the road for game three. You just don't know what their energy level was at. And did you watch that game? Boston had hit 15 three-pointers in the first half, and yet we're down by seven. I didn't even know that was possible. 15 of 25 in the first half from three, and you're losing by seven. That's because Atlanta shot 65% in the first half. But Boston bounced back yesterday. They win 129-121. They're up 3-1 going back home. You expect them to close it out. And then the other game yesterday, Minnesota almost gagged. They had a 12-point lead with two and a half minutes left, and they gave up the last 12 points of the game in regulation to send it in overtime. But they win in overtime, and they force a game five. I mean, they're not going to come back. Teams down 3-0 in the NBA playoffs have never come back to win. They are 0 148 so Minnesota basically just extended this series another game. Philly closed out Brooklyn on Saturday. No surprise there other than 
what's interesting is they don't have Joel Embiid. They didn't for that game, and Doc Rivers said they don't expect him back until next Saturday. So there's a chance he misses the next, the first game. Actually, they would be playing Boston in the next round if once Boston closes out Atlanta. It's Philly and Boston. So that's obviously huge if Philly doesn't have Joel Embiid against Boston, at least for one or two games. And if 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 Cleveland is the biggest disappointment in the playoffs this year, the second biggest disappointment is Kawhi Leonard because he's literally one of the best 10 players in the NBA, yet he cannot stay healthy. The Clippers are a different team when he plays. He played game one. He was dominant. He played game two and was really good, but then all of a sudden after game two, they say he's got an injury and he can't play, and they lose games three and four at home. They're now down 3-1. We don't even know if he's coming back. And if he doesn't make it back this series, it's just like, what are you going to do about this guy? It's like, you don't want to say, hey, suck it up and get out there because maybe, I'm not saying he's not injured, but when it happens every single season to your best player, how can you, as an organization, rely on him? This is happening way too much. Kawhi Leonard, you know what they say, the best ability that a player can have is availability. And when your best player in a 1-1 series coming home can't play games three and four, and this is an ongoing thing with his legs and his knee or his ankle or his foot, whatever the case may be, the guy's constantly hurt. How can you build a franchise around a guy who's constantly hurt? New Orleans Pelicans are dealing with that with Zion. The biggest head-scratcher right now in the first round of the playoffs is easily the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, Giannis is not a guy who's injury-prone. He landed on his back hard in Game 1 that they lost. They came back and won Game 2. Then they go to Miami for Game 3. Giannis is out for Game 3. They get blown out again, 121-99. to I mean, to lose by 22 to the Miami Heat when you don't have Giannis, I don't know what's going on with this team. But if Giannis isn't playing game four and they somehow drop that, could they win three in a row if Giannis comes back for five, six, and seven? They could, but boy, what an upset that would be if Milwaukee doesn't get out of the first round. And then Dylan Brooks and his stupid mouth got his ass handed to him by the Lakers. They go up 35-9 at the end of the first quarter, and that was pretty much all she wrote. There we got. I mean, they got within, I think, seven or eight in the fourth quarter, but that was as close as they got. And Dylan Brooks gets kicked out of the game and ejected for hitting LeBron in the nuts in the third quarter. Just, I said it at the time, it was stupid that he was talking after the Wednesday win. It made no sense to do that. It made no sense to prod LeBron. It made no sense to give the Lakers bullets and board material. And they came out and dominated Memphis from the opening tip. 35-9 to at the end of the first quarter. I didn't even know that was possible. It's the biggest first quarter lead, tied for the biggest first quarter lead in the history of the NBA playoffs. Lakers are up 2-1. They obviously need a win tonight to really get a stranglehold on this series. Game four tonight at the Crypto.com Arena, which is one of the stupidest names for an arena you could ever think of. But they win tonight at home. They take a commanding 3-1 lead in that series, and I would say it would be pretty much over. 
I saw a great trivia question on TikTok over the weekend. And this is one you should break out to your sports fans' friends when you can. And you might have to re-listen to this and write it down because I don't know where you can find it. Maybe you could Google it and it would pop up. But it's just dealing with the four major sports. NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA. Do you know the six team names that are in multiple sports? Six team names in multiple sports. I'll give you the answers right now. And if you want to write them down, you can. But the Jets in the NFL and the NHL, Winnipeg Jets. The Giants, NFL and Major League Baseball. The Rangers, Major League Baseball and NHL, New York Rangers. The Cardinals, NFL and Major League Baseball. The Panthers, NFL and NHL, Carolina Panthers and the uh, Florida Panthers. And the Kings, NBA and NHL, LA Kings, Sacramento Kings. Now, I think this is one of these, like, I saw it as it was happening on TikTok, so I didn't get it as quick as this person did. It was basically a guy quizzing his dad, and his dad got all six in 30 seconds. I never would have got that in 30 seconds. But it's one of those things where if I was told to do this and I wasn't on a timer, it's just a matter of time before I would have gotten all six because I just would have went down every single league and been like, okay, let's start in the NFL, NFC East, Cowboys, Giants. Oh, wait, there's a Giants in baseball. So I would have gotten the Giants. Like, it just would have – it would have taken me time, but I eventually would have gotten it. So when you ask this to somebody who's a sports fan, maybe put them on a little bit of a timer. This guy on TikTok got it in 30 seconds. I don't think I would have gotten it. I, no way I would have gotten it in 30 seconds. But it's a great trivia question. Fun at parties. Ask it at a bar. You're watching a game at a sports bar? Do that one. Six teams sharing multiple – Six teams, uh, team names in multiple sports. The Jets, the Giants, the Rangers, the Cardinals, the Panthers, and the Kings. It's a good trivia question. So gambling has gotten more players in the NFL suspended. Four players from the Detroit Lions. Wide receiver Quintez Cephas and safety C.J. Moore suspended indefinitely, which means minimum of one year for betting on NFL games. The Lions just released them. And they had two other players, first-round pick in 2022, Jamison Williams out of Alabama and Stanley Berryhill are getting six games because they bet, but they bet on, they bet on games at the Lions facility. As an NFL player, you're allowed to place bets. You just can't do it, one, on NFL games, and two, on the team premises, whether it's at the stadium, at the practice facility, or on the plane, or at the hotel. I don't know how this even gets caught. They don't say, but... And then one other guy got uh, a full year, and that's Washington Commanders defensive end Shaka Tony. Seems weird that they're giving two players from the Lions six games for betting on a f- at the facility. Like, you're allowing people to bet. 
And they didn't bet on the Lions. They didn't bet NFL. But they placed bets at the facility, and that gets you six games. As opposed to if you were in your car and just left the parking lot and placed the bets, you wouldn't have gotten six games. It just seems a little flimsy. Especially when you're allowing players to bet. Just don't bet on the NFL. Now, you're just stupid if you're an NFL player betting on NFL games. That's just dumb. You should be reprimanded. And two guys got the full year and then just got cut by the Lions. But Jamison Williams was supposed to be a big returnee for the Lions this year, and he's going to miss the first six games now. It's just that rule is kind of iffy to me. If you're going to allow them to bet, but you can't just bet on your own facilities, it just seems weird. But those are the rules. And they are out for six games, and three guys are out for the full season. One college football note, rarely ever. I don't think, maybe in the past I've come across some of these on ESPN during the spring, and we'll tune in for a little bit, but these are just glorified scrimmages when college football teams have their spring games. But I was glued in and watched all two hours of Colorado's spring game on Saturday just because it's Deion Sanders. This is a team that was literally the worst team in college football last year in Division I, FBS. They were 1-11. They averaged 15 points a game, and they averaged giving up 45 a game. They were terrible. Last year, 1,900 people showed up to their spring game, and it was free. This year, 45,000 showed up. They sold it out, and they charged them. And you can't tell much from spring games because it's the number one offense against the number two defense, and it's the number two offense playing the number one defense. Wasn't a whole lot to tell. But I can tell you this, Colorado's not going 1-11 this year. And what Dion has there is just changed the whole culture of that program because Colorado's basically been irrelevant since they were, I believe, co-national champions in 1990. They've been terrible. I think they've had, they've won over five games, like, like, I think five times. I don't even remember the number, but they've been terrible. They've been a bottom feeder in the Pac-12 ever since they moved there. They're just not any good. But, and they've got a brutal schedule this year. Uh, that they, they definitely not helping Dion the schedule that they gave him in his first year. I mean, you open the season on the road, at TCU, you're already that line is already twenty and a half. You're twenty and a half point underdogs in your first game. Then you got to come home and play Nebraska, a Big Ten school. Then you've got Colorado State, which you should beat, it's your in-state rival. But then Oregon and USC back to back. Then later on in the year, UCLA, Oregon State back to back. They've got a tough schedule. Although you know they're going to upset somebody. Shit, they beat Cal last year, and they shouldn't have even have won that game. They should have been 0-12. They're going to win. I mean, if they win six games, if you go from one to six wins in a, in a span of two years, that's great improvement. I think they can win six games. I think Vegas has them at five or five and a half total wins. Uh, uh, they're over they're over under. They probably don't beat TCU. The Nebraska they you know could they beat Nebraska at home in their first home game under Deion Sanders? Absolutely. Uh, then they should beat Colorado State. You're probably going to lose to Oregon and SC, so that puts you at two and three. You got Arizona State, Stanford back to back. After that, you got to win probably both of those. That puts you at four and three. 
and then you just got to win two of your last five, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, Utah. Tough ones. Yeah, it's, I mean, you just, you don't know. I mean, once you get into conference play, anybody, you know, can beat anybody. They're not going to be poor like they were last year. They didn't have any quarterbacking last year. Now they've got Deion Sanders done. Shadur Sanders is a really good player. But I watched all two hours, and it was just fascinating. Um, I just wanted to see the atmosphere. I wanted to see Deion doing his Deion stuff. Coach Prime, they coming. That's their slogan. They coming. And, yeah, they're going to be better. I, I predict right – I mean, Vegas knows what they're talking about. They're right – they're going to be right at that five or six win level, I think. So – Keep that in mind as we head into college football season, even though we're only about three months away. And finally, yes, more heart palpitations. Last night as I'm watching the Dallas Stars, they played terrible on Friday night against the Minnesota Wild in game three. They got blown out 5-1. They needed to win. You can't fall behind 3-1. And they tied up, winning 3-2 yesterday. Goalie Jake Ottinger, great save with six seconds left. And that pretty much sealed it for them. So it's 2-2, headed back to Dallas. Again, a three-game series now with two games at home. Stars win both games at home, they win the series. Or you can win the next two, you know. But some great, great games in hockey. I turned on that Kings game uh, as it went into overtime, and Edmonton really, really needed that one because you fall behind 3-1 in any series, yeah, the odds are against you. And Edmonton ties it up in the series against the Kings getting an overtime goal. They win 5-4. Boston's up 3-1. Carolina's up 3-1 on the Islanders. And then, are any series over? No, no series are over just yet. And uh, Vegas is up 2-1 on Winnipeg, right? Is it 2-1 in that series? Yeah. Vegas is up 2-1 on Winnipeg. Toronto's up 2-1 on Tampa Bay. New Jersey... Got, they felt they lost their first two games at home, then had to go on the road, but they beat the Rangers in game three. They're still trailing the Rangers 2-1, and Colorado goes up 2-1 on Seattle. They won 6-4 on Saturday. So, like I said, I'm going to keep you up to date. Not going to spend too much time on playoff hockey in each sports daily, but there'll be hockey talk more so <laughs> surrounding uh, the Dallas Stars because that's the team that I'm rooting for. But big win yesterday and boy got a little hairy there at the end of the game but Jake Ottinger was the man yesterday for them and they pull out that win in game four thank you all for listening really appreciate it please rate subscribe and review an apple podcast pass it along to your friends that is much appreciated get as many people as we can listening to this thing so we'll be back tomorrow with yet another sports daily talking about tonight's NBA playoff games and remember sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See ya!